Good morning and welcome back. This is Brad Furlan, your host at WDEV Vermont Viewpoint on Monday. So hope your Monday's starting out uh, nicely. It was up in Franklin County in St. Albans where I am. It was just mud everywhere on the weekend, although there were uh, a few ice fishermen out on St. Albans Bay and it was ominous with this sort of cloudy, uh, damp, uh, it, it didn't quite look safe, but, uh, these guys, I hope, know what they're doing. <laughs> they're out there and they're pulling in the birch and, uh, it's part of the Vermont, uh, fabric that we love so much here. I'm very excited about my next guest. Uh, Christina, uh, Stikos is, one of the, one of these guests that I have that has so many hats, I don't even know where, <laughs> where we're going to be. I want to welcome you to the show, Christina. Thanks. Nice to be here. Yeah. So, uh, in the, in the, uh, books is Vermont music producer, recording engineer, songwriter, musician, radio host, author, uh, you've got a little life under your belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the winters are long. So we have to th- find things to do to be creative and amuse ourselves. Yeah. So you're in, um, I want to, um, I became aware of you through, uh, a, sort of a mutual friend. I don't know if you've met him personally, but Doug Gron, uh, is somebody I know and, and said, Brad, you've got to read this this person's writing. She's just such a great writer, and uh, so I started following you on Facebook and yeah. and watching your your versions of the day, you know, the right. life in action in right. Vermont. Uh, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What I know that's one of the hats, but yeah, well, that's kind of a daily practice. Maybe every few days to sit down and just kind of debrief with myself. And Facebook became a really good way to do that because you get kind of immediate feedback from people. Um, and it's, it's like writing a letter to somebody because some, you know, you, you actually get a response. And so. you're, you're communicating out, but is there a cathartic value? Is this something for your own inner soul or? Well, what do you think? I'd say yes. Because <laughs> yes, you do it too. I've read your writing and it's a lot the same, you know. Yeah. Because you have these incredible moments up on the mountains or, you know, tending your sheep. And you just, there's something inside it that you just want to get to. Yeah. Because you're, you know, these experiences happen, they occur on a lot of different levels. So there's the actual physical doing of things. And then there's just how it makes us feel and what we think about. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and it is kind of funny, you know, the, the, uh, people weighing in on, on the writing. It, it has a reward. It's nice. It is nice. It, yeah. Yeah. Unless you get too controversial. It's sort of, I've learned where not to step on Facebook. Yeah. I, I think if I write a novel, which is in the cards, then I can probably let loose with some of that stuff that's a little bit more controversial. Yeah. So. So I've had um, musicians on o- over the last year who are songwriters, and as you are as well. And um, is there a, 
social movement part of your uh, writing? Are, are you? Are, is it teaching as well? Uh, well, explain that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Um, you know, like uh, songwriters of the '60s are talking about you know war and stuff like oh, that. And, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I'm that kind of a writer so yeah. much. I'm not topical. I don't feel I have friends who are and who very much define themselves that way, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's still when you say teaching, I think that, you know, art is is instructive because it makes us, you know, it creates movement in people to, to think more deeply or feel something that they forgot that they had inside. Yeah. Um, so. In that way, we lead each other. Yeah, and and you know, there's so much. Um, I don't know the right word on on Facebook and social media that that just gets out of control. Right. And yeah. it seems like you and I have at least found a version of uh, having some nice each day. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think civility is really important in certain places. I mean, there's a time and a place to get angry, but civility in social life and setting that example is really important now, especially since with social media, it gave people permission to just spout off and be rude without any consequences. And so, you know, to get to put to, to set an example of just saying, you know, we can have civil dialogue, but even when we totally disagree about stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. for, for sure. And so you go out, you take a walk, you fix a truck, you um, fall in the snow, you <laughs> have a branch almost hit you, and yeah. you, you're back at the house and you sit down at the computer is there does the magic happen is it easy for you um yeah yeah i don't really do it unless it feels easy unless it feels i feel motivated you know i think people should make art when they feel motivated and yeah you know, sometimes you'll get into something and you'll get frustrated and put it aside and that's okay but um i don't I I can't make art on a schedule. I have to just do it when I feel like doing it. So my life is really a patchwork that allows for that kind of flexibility. You know, yeah. I also work as a landscaper. And so that kind of I actually get really inspired by my long days working outdoors. Um and often I'll come home and you know grab a beer and sit down and uh, you know that feeling when you're physically tired, and and it's it's a great feeling at the end of the day. Yeah. So. And landscaping is really artistic. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. I try to make it like yeah. that. Can you build a stone wall or? <laughs> yeah, I'm not an expert. I mean, I'm more on the landscape gardener side. Than, yeah. You know, we occasionally will make paths or little walls. That's not so much my expertise. Yeah. But. And so you share a, a, a lot of your life, a personal life. Do, do you find that that's just because sharing is a good thing in humanity? 
<laughs> I love the way you say that. It's so it's so nice to hear that because yes, it's true. It's totally true. But you know, there's also a fine line bet- between spilling your guts and just uh, you know reaching out to people in ordinary language. Uh, that everybody can, or, you know, some segment of your readership can relate to on any, any particular day. <laughs> yeah. I was inspired by your writing in many ways, but my, when I was doing, um, some early, earlier Facebook stuff, people would refer to it more as a muse because I, I was really very short, which I found was actually really good to, to write short because it, People could take it and run with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not too hard. You want to just give them a sort of a bite size amount. And I know what I write. People often say it's too long. They just, you know, they see this big paragraph coming and they just feel fatigued already before they start. And that's okay. You know, they might come back to it or they might not. Um, I've also had complaints about the fact that I don't break up my uh, my writing into paragraphs, at least not on Facebook, I don't, uh-huh. you know, and I think I've, I understand that's a very legitimate criticism, but the way that I write, I just want to keep going. I don't want to stop and think about paragraphs. I don't really want to get into editing because the editing w- will come later. If I write something that's, that I actually think is worthwhile, then I'll come back to it and yeah. I might, you know, I might polish it up or change, change some things and edit it and, you know, put a line break here or there. But the whole process on Facebook is designed to just be easy. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to think, you don't have to get writer's block. Yeah. There's just no time for it. Yeah. It's, no, I, I agree with yeah. you. We'll have to refer your critics of, of that to, uh, Faulkner, who could write one sentence <laughs> yeah. for eight pages. Exactly. <laughs> or James Joyce. Right. Or, you know, uh, what's on the road? What's that one? Uh, Ken Kesey yeah. and those yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, we all have our style, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And if it annoys somebody, that's okay. It's that's... okay to be annoying. Yep, yep. Um, so we're talking with Christina Stykos, who uh, is um, a writer, uh, a musician, a uh, singer. We're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of music um, later in this segment um, from from one of her CDs. So you you you're in Lincoln, Vermont. Uh, yep. Rural community. Yes. Uh, small town, Vermont. It is. What's it like? Oh gosh, it's pretty special because it's surrounded by Green Mountain National Forest. So Lincoln is sort of like a big bowl um, with mountains all around it, and you have to kind of drive up the river from Bristol to get there. So it has a certain isolated quality to it, but it's not really that far from civilization. I can think of a lot of other places in Vermont that are much farther afield, but it, it has a, you know, a sense of its own identity. Of course, all the towns do. I, you know, as soon as I say that, and everybody says, "Well, you know, you live out in the middle of nowhere." Don't people say that to you sometimes? Oh yeah, yeah. And, then, and it's like, well, no, you live out in the middle of nowhere. It's just a matter of perspective. Well, it's like climbing Elmore. First of all, 
unless you go to Elmore, you don't go to Elmore, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you're going to Elmore Roots. <laughs> right, 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 right. I do go there sometimes, but yeah. So how did you find Lincoln, Vermont? I mean, there's so many places. Oh, gosh. Well, was, I actually lived in Lincoln back in the 80s, and I found it through Hanksville. Okay. So... <laughs> And just loved it. I, yeah, it's Some, kind of the same. About it. Yeah, it's the same general area. Hanksville is part of Huntington, which is next door to Starksboro, which is next door to Lincoln. And I was in my early twenties, and I found a cabin for rent that didn't have any running water, but it had a light bulb. So I went for that. That was that was where I started, but I only stayed there for about seven years, <laughs> and then. Uh, Moved to the central part of the state. It was just seven years just seven of my well, life. But I don't know. It was a big seven. Finally, yeah. we got water, and it seemed a little too much. <laughs> no, I didn't actually live in that cabin for seven years. I upgraded a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, that uh, was a good experience. So were you rugged um, no. in order to do that or no? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I really understood what I was getting into. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but you catch on. Yeah. You have to, or you die. Right. Well, so, there, there's yeah. that. Um, so you have a, uh, a recording studio, Pepperbox studio. Um, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You, you're a musician, you're a singer, uh, uh guitar. Uh, well, I started recording myself pretty early on a little Fostex four-track tape machine when I lived in Hanksville, so I was in my early 20s. And uh, so I, you know, I enjoyed the process because I learned how to multi-track and do multiple harmonies um, on my own stuff. Hmm. And so that's how that started. But... Uh, I didn't really officially open a studio until 2004. And then um, since then, though, you have done a tremendous amount of recording of others. Right. Uh, What are are some of the highlights of that? Oh, let's see. Well, we've had Doug Perkins, a guitar player you might know, Uh, both air, uh, Ariel Zivon, uh, let's see. I always write stuff like this down because I can never remember. Mark Pelletier, uh, Jennings and McComber, Brian Blanchett, uh, lots of folks. Yeah, yeah. And how do they... Um are, are How do they, they find me in the yeah. middle of nowhere? I think the music community pretty much operates word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so people just, if somebody makes a good record and they're out there promoting it, and people say, well, where did you make that? Yeah. Um, and when I was performing, I would get out and meet a lot of people, too. So. And do you become a director as well when you're helping people in a recording session? It depends. Yeah. Some people are very self-directed, and some people need a lot of direction, so you just have to kind of size it up. Yeah. There's this um, great uh, movie. I don't know if you've seen it once, and it's a musical as well. Oh, yeah. And they're in the the uh, musical studio for a weekend, and the the production person is like, this is going to be the biggest waste of time. He's like laying in the studio <laughs> going, and then the musicians yeah. start playing, and he goes, he like, up. whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you have whoa moments? Oh, for sure. I usually always fall in love with everybody who comes <laughs> to record, and... 
my reputation in my family for the longest time was that I never listened to music. And it, w- it was a joke. Say, Mom hates music. You know, but that was because really the, the music that was getting created in the studio was fulfilling my music needs. <clears throat> so I didn't have to listen to, I mean, I've spent my whole life listening to music and yeah. I decided to kind of start taking a break and just working with people and getting close to, you know, the music through the musicians that I know personally. Yeah. And I read that your dad was a musician and um, was sort of an influence, but not entirely. Yeah, I uh, I would say that he was an influence in that I sat next to him while he played piano. Okay. And he was really, really talented. I mean, in he jazz, right? Yeah, jazz, show tunes. Yeah. Uh, even Latin he played because he spent a lot of time in Latin America. So he picked up a lot of those rhythms. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. So it exposed me to a lot of different styles of music and he sang and he, he was sort of, he was very extroverted and that's different than me. I'm pretty introverted, but I, I saw how it's done. You know, I saw, yeah. I saw that if you work hard and you, uh, you know, you just love and have a passion for music, you can do something with it. And when did you get your first guitar? Uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And what happened? I mean, I took lessons with Mrs. Grunfeld. Ah, Mrs. Grunfeld. <laughs> yes. It's funny how certain names stick with you forever. Mrs. Grunfeld. Yeah, she had lived in a little suburban ranch house. And uh, we, my mom would take me up there and we would learn folk songs like Peter, Paul and Mary and uh, Pete Seeger. And so it was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And did you have a feel that you had a talent for either the guitar or for singing early on? Um, it was funny. I, I, you know, I didn't really think about talent at all. Yeah. I was just, uh, kind of musically hungry and there, I had a lot of amazing influences around me because I grew up just outside the Cornell university campus. And so at that time there was tons and tons of live music to go to. Ah. And that's where I picked up a lot of stuff. Like stuff. Going to concerts. <laughs> yeah, going just endlessly going to concerts. And then I there were college students who taught guitar and I learned some you know, at age twelve I was finger picking the blues. Wow. So and your dad was um jazz not not a hippie or was no. he? No. No. <clears throat> Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that seems yeah. pretty firm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what other who who else were sort of influences in your style in terms of playing and singing? Did you 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 actually went and trained, right? Oh, for engineering. For engineering. Yeah, not for music. Okay. No, I'm too much of a wild child to go to school for music. That would have <laughs> destroyed it for me. I mean, occasionally I would take a class here or there when I was in college, which I dropped out of. But um, but 
it was hard. I had to force myself to learn music from a technical angle. I'm not down on that because I'm really impressed by people who are technical, but I don't even read music, so yeah, I've tried. Yeah. I must be kind of dyslexic with uh, with the written music notation. Right. So a lot of memorization and learning. I just hear by really ear. well. Yeah. yeah. So I hear a lot of stuff all the time. Yeah. And, you know, to the best of my ability, I can. I, you know, represent what I hear on various instruments. Yeah. So I, I get that. I, I can do that with clarinet and, uh, it drives, I don't know if it drives my daughter crazy, but she'll play something and then I'll play it and she'll go yeah. like, yeah. how'd that happen? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's but great. I also, I struggle with, you know, reading music and, and that part. And in fact, piano is what I can do much better just by, you know, yeah. pulling around. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So you, you, uh, the song writing, um, you're, you're a writer. So let's just talk more about the writing part of this. Okay. <laughs> what do you, what about like, it? Like, like, how does that, how the, do you, the inspirations for songs? Is it the same as your, as your journey on a road? Huh. Uh, well, I would say that it's kind of shifted over the years because when I first started songwriting, I had a lot of, I had a lot of feelings romantically about the world and uh, the people in my world. And so that motivated a lot of my songwriting early on. But uh, then I raised a family and I took a kind of a period off of actually songwriting. I played more guitar which could I could fit that into family life because I was a single mom for 10 years during that period. So I played a lot of guitar and got better at that. And then I went to a Jackson Brown concert <laughs> uh, and it was he was playing solo at the Barry Opera House. And I just sat in the dark and cried and cried and cried. And I was like, well, I am going to start writing songs again because this is really what I do. You were running on empty <laughs> yeah. in right. the dark theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Jackson Brown's great. Um, we're talking this morning with Christina Stykos, and uh, she is, you know, all sorts of things. Vermont musician. Uh, she's a producer, recording engineer. Uh, she has a radio show, uh, WFUR, is that right? Uh, actually, we're not, we're not doing the show now. Okay, okay. Yeah, we did it for seven years okay. on South Royalton Community Radio. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it hit the law school influence a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it started out as, uh, as, uh, just on the, com- online. Okay. So we got to practice for a couple of years because yeah. we'd have like three listeners. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then they actually got their license and they put us on the air in the, in the area around South Royalton. It would go up as far as Chelsea oh, to certain cool. places. Yeah. So then we, then we learned what, you know, the sort of parameters of doing a show that people are actually listening to, which I'm sure you've kind of gone through the. Yeah. The ropes there. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Vermont is a beautiful, it's, it, maybe it's like Lincoln in a way. You, you have to go to Chelsea to, to be to, yeah. in Chelsea. Yeah. It does feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But some beautiful views of even Lake Champlain from high up in Chelsea. It's remarkable. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, we have Mark from Moncton joining the call. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thank you. I, I I love your show, man. When you're on, it's it's, it's awesome. But, uh, 
Thank you. The question I have for, for, for Christine is, she mentioned finger-picking blues style. I was wondering if she couldn't do something out air just up top of her head. <laughs> I very strategically did not bring my guitar with me. <laughs> but thank you for asking. Is there a, uh, a CD that he can purchase online that he can listen in? <laughs> yeah, actually, my last record, which was called River of Light, has a song called Hard Hearted Man. And that's a nice uh, blues finger-picking song we did. Let me just see. I want to check. I'm right about that. Mark, are you a musician as well? I, I am. I'm a harmonica player. Uh, actually, I drove Sonny Terry back in the summer of 77, uh, 76, rather. Uh, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. But uh, I'm, I'm in East Moncton, and my roots, uh, you know, in Lincoln, the old hotel, my grandparents owned that back oh, in the 20s. And cool. My grandmother in a boarding house. And wow. Did a lot of deer hunting with my dad up in the big basin. So I, I know right where you're at. Uh, you need a French settlement? French settlement. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, a small world this year, yeah, Vermont. <laughs> I love, I love that. No, I love to hear these these stories of people's lives, you know, in Vermont, well, close to mine. Well, it, if you didn't know my, my grandmother, she was she to be ninety five and uh, she's independent. And I remember when she was ninety three, we're trying to get her to go to uh, you know just these centers for older folks. And she said, "You kidding me? You should see the way they walk." And she's hunched over with her cane and mimicking these old people how it would be. Oh yeah, she's got spirit. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Well, Mark, Gosh. thank you for the call. We appreciate it, and we're gonna we're actually gonna play a little of Christina's uh, music in a in a, a minute or so, uh, so you can listen in on that. Um, so, Christina, the um, if Danny can cue up uh, a song, this is forgiveness, right? So yeah. that that'll cue us into a little conversation after we hear a bit of this song. <laughs> yeah. Still require 
That is uh, Forgiveness uh, in Part. There's more to it um, by Christina uh, Stykos. Really beautiful. Thanks. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, what's it like I if I sing, the dogs run out of the room? You know, so. <laughs> well, that's the same for me these days. But. Uh, when, you, when you hear a song as beautiful as that uh are are you hearing you or are are you almost like hearing a separate musician singing to you oh i think that that takes me to you know certain places in my memory yeah so <laughs> okay well wait <laughs> but wait well, there's exactly more <laughs> In a in a sad way or a happy way or it sounds, uh, it's sounds kind more. Of both. It's kind of both. You know, I think my music has a kind of a blend uh, yeah. because the whole process of writing music is to kind of pull something beautiful out of a mess a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. You know, out of ca- musical chaos or mental chaos or emotional chaos, and I think that's why we make music is to try to transform things that we don't understand or that we have trouble experiencing. So. Yeah, yeah. I um, you had mentioned listening to music, drinking a beer. I I've been sober for about twenty years, but I would a song like that. I can see me being in the living room with, you know, a full glass of scotch and <laughs> okay. dark room and crying my right, eyes out. Right. Well, to each his own. Like <laughs> you can drink to it, or you can have like you know water. <laughs> Uh, so f- forgiveness was, I mean, it, it's such an amazing part of life because we, we're, you know, we just, we journey along and we, we get what we think is wrong either by ourselves or by others. And where did you, where did you kind of land on that? Uh, I, I think with this song, um, 
I was a little confused by the concept of forgiveness, especially when people use it in a certain way as a prescription, like a moral prescription, that if only you would forgive, then everything would be fine. You know, and for me, it's never been that easy to forgive uh things like transgressions that have felt super damaging, not just to me, but to children or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I just I think with the song, I was trying to explore that kind of mixture of what is what is real forgiveness, what is pretend forgiveness, what is, you know, there's a certain religiosity to some people around the word forgiveness, but I think it's way more complicated than that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You remind me of uh, something a, a wise uh, woman once told me, and that was with the term acceptance, uh, which is sort of a parallel to forgiveness in, in some ways. But she said, um, acceptance doesn't make something acceptable. <laughs> That's good. And I loved it yeah. because it gave me that context that I've got to get it out of my body, but it still s- was horrible. <laughs> right. And sometimes you have to accept that things are a certain way and that you can't change them. And, you know, how we deal with that over time, whether we're stoic or we're repressing or we're just growing up, you know, there's different ways to look at it. And um, I find myself sort of sliding through different chapters of that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So you uh, are a mother of three. You are a daughter. Um what was the process of what you learned as a child versus how you parent? Um, is there, is, I don't know what I'm asking, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. curious about your evolution. Um, I guess, let's see, uh, the major feature that would make my situation different, say, than my parents was that I made a choice to get out of a very abusive situation and be a single parent. It's something that I wished that my mother had done, but didn't. And so, but that, you know, when you become a single parent, if, you know, unless you're very wealthy, it's a super challenging time. Yeah. So, uh, but I've got three great kids right now. Um, my oldest daughter, who lives in Italy, came back last summer, or it was two summers ago, and just announced that she wanted to make a record. So nice. that I didn't even know that she was playing her guitar. She has a guitar. Yeah. But I didn't know she was writing songs. And so we just spent the last year and a half producing her record, which is going to, we're going to be releasing the first single next week. And then the whole album comes out April 12th. The apple sometimes falls below the tree <laughs> and sometimes rolls away real quickly. Yeah, right. Well, I think all my kids have wanted to really become distinct individuals, and they all pushed away pretty hard. Yeah. So that that was a tough time for me, because especially I think single parents really have a unique relationship with their child or children. And so that whole empty nest experience can be excruciating. Yeah, for sure. The I want to 
commend you for your bravery. I think it's hard to re- leave relationships, but um, taking care of yourself and your kids is just an amazing thing. So that's always something to think about there out there in the listening world. <laughs> <laughs> if if life isn't quite the way it's supposed to be, um, yeah. make changes. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines, uh, WDEV Reach, all the way to Texas. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, Christina. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, we were just listening to you guys uh, over a coffee and breakfast. Oh, nice. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's an extra place setting for you here anytime you want to come down and do a house concert. Oh, thank you, John. That would be fun. So, yeah. Do you know and, Terry uh, Hendricks? So, yeah. You should have her come to a concert. Okay. Well, we've had Karen Mall. I don't know if you've heard of Karen Mall. Yeah. Uh, Karen and uh, and her then boyfriend Will have done a lot of house concerts at our place. And John, do you have some uh, so, Vermont roots, or? I do. I lived in Vermont uh, from 1982 to 1980. Uh, from 1982 to 1993, and uh, I've known Christina since 1982. Awesome. Well, wow. we don't <laughs> often get Texas calls, so thanks. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a buzz, thanks, John. John. <laughs> take, okay. Thanks. Take, take care. Take care. Uh, so I want to return. I, I was so moved. We were talking a little bit off the air. Your daughter is, um, found her guitar, uh, and is, you know, finding her soul, right? Uh, with music yeah. a little bit. It was incredible to see what she was writing about. I had no idea. I had no clue. Zero. Yeah. So she just kept coming up with these amazing songs and then she said that she wanted to cover one of my old songs so one of the tracks is an old song of mine and she sings it her interpretation of it is off the charts can't even tell you she's got such a beautiful voice oh my yeah when we sat and we actually listened to it after i had edited the vocal and you know got it all kind of put together we just sat there in shock because it, it came out so nice yeah does crying happen in the studio <laughs> it does yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes tears of frustration <laughs> as well as you know being uh moved by the music but yeah yeah, yeah. and how much can you accommodate for um i heard on the song that you beautifully sang guitar and other instruments are, are they yeah. well, mixed in or are they in the studio well or? in in that case that was mixed uh, there was a lot of overdubbing on that i think jeff berlin plays drums on that and i think i played everything else oh. but we do have bands that come record we have a bit of four piece coming in next weekend yeah. So it's possible in the space. So playing everything else, what is everything else for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I fake it on a lot of instruments. I'd say guitar is my main instrument and mandolin, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and then I use keyboards, mandola. Occasionally I'll pick up a banjo, you know, yeah. but I'm faking. Okay. But you can do that in the studio. You can fake if yeah. you're if you're musical. <laughs> so, but if I need a real banjo part, I know who to call. You know, I have certain go-to players like Patrick Ross plays a lot of fiddle on my productions. Both there came in and did banjo parts. Jeff is always a part of the mix, uh, playing drums, and uh, Abby Jenny comes and does backup vocals. 
uh, a lot of great players. Yeah. So what in your life, um, I always, first of all, I love that you share your gift and you have so many gifts, right? The music, the writing, the, you're helping other people find their gifts, which, you know, that's incredible. What's the, the sort of the essence of your soul filling that really keeps you going? The writing more, the music more, or what? I have to just ping pong between all of them. Yeah. I can't really settle on one. I mean, I'd even include gardening yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, just because if you sit in front of a computer screen for a long time, which you do in the recording studio these days, yeah. it's good to go outside and take a ski, take a ramble. Yeah. Um, that informs, it's going to inform your songwriting, your relationships. Uh, I don't know. It's a big mix. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah, I should just say that if people want to read my blog and they're not on Facebook, they can go to VermontRidgeRunner.com. Yeah. And there's a sub stack for it that you can sign up for if you want. And they can get your CDs how? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Nobody, actually, nobody buys CDs anymore. Okay. Mostly. I mean, they can. Yeah. You yeah. can contact me. I guess uh, I do have a website, christinastikos.com, pepperboxstudio.com. But, uh, yeah. But they can, can buy, can they download they, music to buy? Of, yeah, of but most people stream. Yeah. So, yeah, you can do all the of the above. Just go to my website. All the music is there. Yep. So, um, so in Lincoln, we only have about two minutes. Um, also out in nature, are you... Are you sort of uh, the wildlife part of the world? Does that um, nourish you, too? Like animals? Yeah. <laughs> and birds. Well, I, I do love animals. I don't, I'm not, I'm not kind of a biologist type. Yeah. I like trees probably as much as I like animals. I just like being outside. I like mountains as much as I like water. Yeah. As much as I like a, seeing a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Um we're talking uh, with Christina Stikos. We're coming to the end of the hour, um, but you can um, can tell us one more time how they can find your writing. Okay, that's uh, VermontRidgeRunner.com. I think it's all sped up, spelled out. Yeah. Now that I'm trying to say it, I don't know, but. And then maybe on Facebook too. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook for sure. Yeah. Under my name. Yeah. Um, incredible blogs and uh, observations about life, great music. And I do have a poetry book, but I have to reprint it. <laughs> uh, Ridge Runner, it's called 100 Poems from Rural Vermont by Christina Stiko. So yeah. a reprinting is coming. You can get that. 100 poems, wow. Yeah, and it's in the library. Okay. I sent them to every single library in Vermont. Awesome. So I want to uh, thank you for being my guest this morning. It was really great. want to have you back. There's a lot more to talk about, and we'll yeah. uh, a lot more life and love to give out there. Great. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with me. Yep. Uh, this is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. We'll see you next Monday.